When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to Tell Me About It with Scroobius Pip and Stuart Whiffin. I'm Scroobius Pip, and I'm here with... Stuart Whiffin. There we go. <laughs> this is new. This is our first episode, so we don't really know how we're starting them all. I came up with that on the drive here. Oh, right, the intro. okay. Well, yeah, I was sort of saying, how do we do this, this sort of intros for this, which is ridiculous, because I think collectively we've probably done, I reckon, at least 1,500 intros to podcasts. Yeah, quite a few, but I didn't want to force welcome, welcome, welcome upon you. I didn't want you to make... You feel uncomfortable in yeah. front of like a legendary podcast catchphrase. Mm. So you're going to go, what, the new one is good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. All right, I'm with that. It's yeah. all right, isn't it? Yeah, it I works. I quite like it, yeah. It's quite. It does the job. As I said, this is our first episode. Yes. This is exciting, isn't it? It really is. I mean, maybe you should tell a little bit about how the kind of concept for it come yeah. about. Yeah, uh, essentially, it was two things. Number one, I've been asked a few times if I'd ever write a biography or anything, and I wouldn't, because you know I'm not interested in that. Like, interested not, or interesting? Interesting or oh, interested. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing doesn't excite me. Like, if I'm writing, it's why all my all my lyrics were all parts of real life, but woven into f- to fake stories, fiction, because sure. that's what excites me more. So that's n- never appealed. But, but then I listened to a couple of good episodes of, about different rappers I like, and mm-hmm. someone was just there asking them stories of this venue or that venue. And I thought, I've got a lot of stories from over the years, from music days, from acting days, but then also, other than the occasional thing that comes up in episodes of yeah. distraction pieces, I've not talked lots about my childhood and these kind of things. So I thought it would be good to do a podcast that picks a topic yeah. or a period, and we just have a good chat about it. And originally I thought of doing it just as kind of a monologue, and then I thought that bored me to even think oh, about. Oh, God, I'd never listen to that. Exactly. And you're, again, as much as we like to dig each other out, I think you're a really good podcast host. I think you're really n- naturally interested and engaged in what nosy. people have to say. You're nosy. Yeah. Yeah. So I hit you up, and I kind of... S- sent over a long list of yeah. here's different topics we could do and you picked a few that you were interested in and we kind of that's how we landed on s- series one and series one is a five parts that's series right. i should mention the episodes are going to include the dan lasak mm-hmm. as as a topic because he's obviously a huge part of my life overall pl- playing live acting divorce and today's episode s- school days yeah it's been really interesting I mean, we've recorded the whole of Series 1, and as much as I've known you for probably 12, 13 years now, I found out so much more about you from sitting in my shed asking you questions about certain topics. So it's been really nice to to sort of sit down and and, and pick your brains. It's what's interesting, because again, I kind of, I get to do that week in, week out with people I know, with people I'm a fan of and things like that. And I thought it would be quite interesting. Again, it will probably be quite a niche audience. But Mm -hmm. the reason I didn't want to only do career stuff is so that there's loads of relatable things, you know, from, yeah, from all the different areas of of normal life and of kind of 
industry life as sure. such. So yeah, it's been good fun doing the first series, isn't it? And we plan on doing a, a second series. We've got a load more topics yeah. that we want, but we also want any listeners to feel free to throw up topics or subjects or eras or periods that they'd l- maybe like a bit more information on. Because that's part of the excitement as well, is there's probably stuff that, that wouldn't even cr- cross my mind because yeah. it's it happened ages ago or whatever else, but would be really interesting. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Should we get on with the first one? Let's g- get on with it. And we get into my school days. <laughs> What's your earliest memory of school? It's tough. I've, I guess we remember traumatic things, don't we? Or, or, or memories are really memories of stories, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I guess a story that I've been told a lot that presents itself now as my earliest memory is my parents having to go into my primary school and have a go at the teacher. Because on my first day, the teacher got me up in front of the class and said, look, David's got a stammer. Treat him normally. Don't make a big deal of it. <laughs> and they're literally there making a big deal of it. And my parents were furious. Because again, as we'll talk about a load, like even with secondary school, anyone who's not like the alpha cool kid or whatever is going into school thinking, I hope I'm not the one that they pick on. Yeah. I hope someone else, yeah. as brutal as that is, hope someone else is the target because then it's not up. me. Let's put you in front of everyone yeah. and go... Look, what's wrong with him? And that was it, yeah. So from the off, they got me up in front of the class and and said that. It must have been when we were moving up a year or something or changing classes because I don't remember it as a, like, first day of school type thing. But, yeah, I remember that. I remember being plonked up there and not thinking anything at the time but feeling obviously uncomfortable. And then my parents finding out about it and being fuming. And, you know, it was a different time then. And people's understanding of, like, stammering would have been far different then yeah. and it would have been a thing for a lot of people certainly kids it's as, as, a, as a tool for ridicule right mm-hmm. 100% 100% it's it's a it's an easy target um i was at school when boom sh- sh- shake shake the room came out which right. had a whole verse of him oh, stammering so obviously <laughs> for, for fresh proper princes who are so again that was just like all right well that's going to be my life oh. for the next year but again i don't particularly remember i was, I was thinking about this and i'm trying to get through the kind of, I don't know, I get a feeling we write our own version of our school days of as a shorthand. And I've been trying to think, knowing that we were going to record this, I've, I've been been trying to think and cut through that. But because I've talked about my stammer a load, it always sounds like a sad school days, but I don't remember it being particularly rough. I remember being we picked on a bit. Yeah, junior now, school right? here. I remember okay. being picked on that? a bit. That was in Stamford, St. Joseph's. Is that religious school? Yep. Yeah, it was a it was a Catholic school run by nuns. Okay, so sister sister Philippa, I think, was the headmistress, and then yeah, all nuns and that. How was that? It's all you know at the time, isn't right, it? Yeah. Like like when we get onto a, a secondary school, I went to an all boys school, right? And it felt completely n- n- normal, but that's because it's all I knew. But yeah, St Joseph's was mixed as a as a as a primary school, and yeah, I just remember not being particularly one of the cool kids, but I don't. A, a real in between a, 
type th- sure. thing as we've kind of discussed on different uh, chats before just being that i like making j- jokes i think i quite like being a bit of a clown and whatever else that was about it i wasn't hard i was a bit ch- chubby my mum used to be a hairdresser so my mum cut my hair all the time which is never a good look at school it's Mate, never I'm what you same. want to look for yeah yeah <laughs> it's not easy is it i was a chubby kid whose mum done their hair <laughs> <laughs> easy well, target right so- Touching on family there, obviously you've got an older brother Ian. What's Ian, like three, four years older than you? Th- three years older, yeah. So was he at the school? Yeah, he there? was at both the schools I went to, which which helped, I think. Yeah. Um, helped and hindered. But again, there's more of that to come. Ian at primary school in particular, really in- intelligent, clever yeah. kid. Um, I mean, that's not necessarily a cool thing at school though, is it? Th- and that's the interesting thing. I've only learned since we've got older and talked about these things is that Ian started to kind of throw his his tests and scores and stuff and not do as good at school as he could have because he didn't want to be the nerdy, a clever kid, which, again, at the time I didn't know. Now it makes complete sense. You talk to him, he's clearly incredibly in, in, sure. intelligent. He's all about that. But particularly in, in, in secondary school, he was more of a, a tearaway than a, a studious kid. He was getting in trouble a lot, suspended a lot, all sorts of things. You talk about Ian being intelligent, and obviously we've spoke about how clever your brother is on multiple podcasts. <laughs> but you're a bright lad, Pip. Like, did you find learning, like the, the academic stuff, come fairly easy to you? I was, n- I was never the top of any classes, okay. but I could hold my own a bit. I guess academically, I instantly jumped to s- secondary school when thinking about that, because that's yeah. where you really start to know yeah. who's clever and who's not kind of thing. And, and where was that? That was... At St Thomas More High School for Boys in okay. South End, right. had to get the train there every every morning. So I had to be on the train at ten past six. So early start. It was again a Catholic school. It was a good school. You didn't have to pass your eleven plus to get in, but because we were poor, if I passed my eleven plus, then they would cover our travel. Right, which I did. So it's that's the reason I could could go. I don't think we could have. I could have gone there if I hadn't passed that- because it. Was that too something much. that your parents wanted you to to go to a Catholic school, or was it that it was a better school than probably those that were closer to where you lived? And um, and Ian was there as well. You I said? think it's a bit of both. Yeah, I think my parents both went to Catholic schools and probably had more religious parents. My parents aren't that religious, yeah. but yeah, particularly at that point, if you can't afford to pay for a private school, a Catholic school was often a little bit of a yeah. seen as a little bit of a better chance and a better education so yeah it was purely on that i think it was seen as a good school and yeah my brother went there a few different kids from my primary school so andrew wilkes daniel sadler peter wilson i think that was all the ones in our year so would you all get the training together all get the training together that's all quite intimidating. Like for, for those that aren't aware of the sort of distance from stamford to, to south end that's a good half hour on the train, isn't it? Yeah, as a as a, a, a young kid, and then a half hour or tw- or twenty minute walk f- from the station mm. to the school. But it's also it's quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it's, getting, suppose, it's, it's a bit yeah. of an ad- adventure each each day that you're you're away from parents, away from adults. Like you weren't intimidated by it. I probably was because I was a fucking pussy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, again, we'll get into this more, I'm sure, in maybe in other episodes. But I was the kid who. Anytime there was a scout trip, my mum would end up having to come and pick me up because I'd, I'd be crying and wouldn't wouldn't like being away from my mum. I was proper, <laughs> I was a proper little mummy's boy at, at at that point. 
Well, looking at the enormity of that and, and, and having that mindset, for me personally, when I went to secondary school, the and, and, I, and I had to sort of relay this to my kids, that that initial memory, that initial days of going to, to secondary school, get your primary school, times it by 100. It's mm. huge. Mm. You're going to not know where you're going. There's just going to be so many people there. And I went to one close to where I live. Talk, t- tell me about, like, have you got any memories of that sort of sense of enormity of, of the first day at, at secondary school? There will have been nerves, but I mainly remember kind of excitement. Again, it helps having an older brother who's gone there for a sure. few years, I guess. So on that train journey, again, at school, you might not hang out with anyone in the years above, because why would you? Yeah. But if there's a set group of you who have to get the train in together, there's us hanging out with the kids in the year above and the year above that. And there's kind of, there's there's people there to to bring you through, th- 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 I guess. And as I said, I remember more it just being exciting, because at that point, you don't spend any time away from adults, you know. You get taken to, to school and there's there's teachers there. You come home from school, there's your parents or there's a babysitter or whatever yeah. else. So I remember that being an exciting thing of, right, we, are we get on the train and that's yeah. that's like a, a lot of the flyers' time. Yeah, there's totally. there's there's the older kids and there's the kid who likes to 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 make stuff and, and you know and yeah, cause yeah. and cause cause havoc. And that developed over the years as as well on the trains becoming when I got into my era of thinking I was, I was like an anarchist. I remember me and a few, a few, a few other mates would regularly tr- trash train carriages, all sorts of stuff like that. And it's, I look back at it now, it's so childish and so yeah. stupid and so pointless. Yeah. It's going to cost money. It's destructive, but oh, it was exciting. <laughs> but, but, but the school, I mean, you, you talk about that kind of rebellious streak and, and I guess most, most youngsters rebel at some point. Do you think that would have been you bucking against the the strictness of a Catholic school? Yeah, maybe a bit of that. I think even in that rebellion stage, there was a little bit of the Catholic schoolboy in you of thinking, you know, I'm rebelling, but I still kind of, yeah. I'm still good. I'm still a good person. I'm still want to. Did you believe in God then? I think at that point, I probably did. Yeah, I think quite early into secondary school, I probably started to go, nah. And again, because of music. Yeah. I was into metal and then I was into punk and a lot of that is quite anti-religion, anti-God and trying to be shocking and edgy. Yeah. So, so again, I'd think, oh, I'm really into the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think how, that's frowned upon how, at a Catholic how, school. How are you into the de- Oh, I'm well into the, de- the devil. Oh, shut up, mate. You've seen my little pointy beard I've got, right? <laughs> I feel like the devil. Well, we'll we'll get on to the, the impact of music on, yeah. on on school. I think as, as you sort of get you know well into your your secondary school, but staying in them sort of early days, like, did you always find it easy to, or did you struggle to make friends? Yeah, massively. As what um, you struggled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not. I've never been the just go out and chat. Oh no, and then no, maybe a bit more. Maybe in those years, maybe yeah, a, a little bit more. I think I had more confidence or bravado as a defence. A mechanism again, knowing I was the kid with the stutter, I'd be ready to, to have a laugh or say something or make a fart noise or whatever it, else it may be to try and go and oh, look at me, guys. I'm all right. Well, I mean, you you've chose career a career path that's gone into you know whether it be music, acting, radio, podcasting, all insanely difficult and just very very tough industries to excel in and you've succeeded in all of those and and that takes confidence and so young pip didn't have confidence but would you say you was driven i was gonna say you wouldn't have got that from me at school at all i don't think i was driven i don't think i was 
that outgoing. Again, in my group, in my yeah. friends' group, yeah, I'll have a laugh, but I don't think I was that confident or outgoing. At school, like, again, it's a secondary school. Mark Irvine has been mentioned a few times on, on drunk casts yeah. and stuff like that. We met at secondary school, oh, okay. and by all accounts, we should have hated each other because mm. we were into the exact same things, but he was better than me at all of them. Mm. So we were like, I was good at maths, but Mark was a bit bit better at maths. I was good at art. Mark was a bit better at art. I was quite funny. Mark was funnier. But we just hit it off. Just the music that we got into. I always remember going to gigs and that. It was me, Mark Irvine, Martin Birmingham, Daniel Luzzi, as the kind of kids who were into the alternative stuff in yeah. our year. And um, it was a weird one. But yeah, no, I don't think I particularly ex- excelled in these things. Mark got taken aside by our English teacher and told that he can do do better than hanging about with me and me and Martin and we'll, we're trouble and we'll lead him astray. In maths, he got put in a little room on his own because he was getting <laughs> too distracted. Because again, we yeah. loved having a laugh and pissing yeah. about. Our humour and everything just clicked instantly from memory. And yeah, yeah, it felt like he was the one that had all the potential and we were the kind of, all right, well, you could... I guess we were good enough at subjects to get away with messing about a bit and not yeah. completely flunk. But again, I didn't get great grades or anything. I always kind of talk about how I didn't go to that great a school. I didn't get A's and things like that. Only subject I got an A in was ge- geography. And I think that was my stubbornness because the geography teacher didn't like me. I think it was because of my brother. I think him and, and my brother had fallen out. Um, I'm sure it was the geography teacher who caught my brother headbutting a kid. <laughs> 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 and he took him all out the back or into the classroom or wherever. And then it turned out he was a headbutting this kid because this kid had been racist to my brother's mate. Right. So my brother j- jumped on him and started like, repeatedly headbutting him. He was a, he was off the rails at that point. And this this teacher said, right, I'm going to let you off because it was a race thing and you were yeah. kind of doing the right thing. But I want you to know that I could suspend you for this. Yeah. So my brother said, well, f- fucking suspend me then. <laughs> so he got suspended. Um, and I think that was part of the, yeah. the the brother thing. I think that teacher didn't like me. So I got put in like the B class f- for geography. And that annoyed me because I felt I was decent at it. And again, particularly at that time of, of listening to punk yeah. and Rage Against the Machine and stuff like that and thinking everything's a massive injustice, yeah. I really felt, you've done me wrong here. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not in the B class off the back yeah. of my abilities Again, it could be because I mess around too much. It could yeah. be completely on me, and I've kind of rewritten it as because he didn't like my brother and yeah. I was persecuted. But I think that's the reason I got a good grade in in geography because stubborn. I was stubborn. And I, was, I think again, it's a thing that comes in over the years of my life, and it's it, it's, it's something that you, that you and me have always connected on at different levels. Was also I was a bit of a blagger. Yeah. <laughs> so I I remember in my geography test, I've told this story a million times as well but in my geography test we'd gone on holiday to america that year it was the, the first time we'd, we'd done that and i'm back and i'm doing my, my geography gcse and you've got you have to do a case study example of something that you've learned yeah. and you're meant to have gone over the three or four case studies and and learned them i made one up so i just wrote about uh long beach california and how it's a long sandy beach and that's because of long sh- sh- shore drift, which we obviously learn about in geography. Mm. And I wrote all this stuff about that. And I honestly think I got an A because the teachers who are marking it aren't necessarily yeah. like they're working to a syllabus. 
So sure. because I got all the basic stuff right, they're like, yeah. all right, well, that's an A, I guess. Yeah. It's like, well, I made it up. I guessed it. I just yeah. went, well, here's the geography stuff I know. Let's now kind of turn that into a story yeah. as a case study example. And if I'd gone for one of the case studies, then they would have gone, well, we didn't mention this yeah. and that's in the list and all that. So I'm convinced that I blagged that by going off book. You, you mentioned uh, a while back uh, some of the subjects you were good at. And you, you, you mentioned art. Was, was, was you a creative kid? And if so, was that actively encouraged, maybe more so than what geography was? Yeah, I had an art teacher who was, to this day, the coolest teacher I ever, ever met, Mr. Kabarowski. Good name. He used to play Kiss FM during our lessons, nice. which again was just unheard yeah. of in a Catholic school. He was strict and scary. Yeah. And looking back now, he was just a funny bloke. But yeah. to kids, he was scary. Like if you had your hands on the desk, smack it with a ruler. Yeah. All that kind of intimidating stuff, scream at kids for slouching or whatever else. I remember Irvine getting screamed at so many times. But, yeah, it appealed because he was a bit different and a bit – it wasn't your maths teacher or your English teacher. It was like a bloke who's just putting on on music during the lesson. And So, so yeah, I guess that was nurtured. And, again, I keep bringing it back to music, but music at the time, like on my art folder, I drew as much of – the Green Day Dookie album cover as I could. Yeah. On my blinds at home, I sprayed a Jamiroquai man, a Pearl Jam man. Do you know what I mean? All of these yeah. bands and stuff at the time had stuff that was, look back now, so basic and so yeah. shit. But that's perfect for teenage kids to go, 100%. oh, I can draw this. Do the Nirvana smiley yeah. face and, and, and things like that. So I think music helped on that artistic front as well of going, here's my identity. I'm going to draw these things. I remember drawing an album cover for, and we'll we'll get into lies. Okay. <laughs> I remember drawing an album cover for a band I told all my mates I was in. Right. Called Anti-Penultimate. Good name. <laughs> and I drew an album cover on a cassette and was like, yeah, yeah, we're working on our, our record and all that kind of thing. I didn't have a band. I didn't have any mates outside of school. One of the bonuses, I guess, of... Uh going to school nowhere near where you lived yep you could have a secret life exactly all of us had our own secret lives but i think the difference was irvine actually had mates in basildon yeah chris all these other people who he was hanging out with i didn't particularly in stanford there isn't anything to do so if you're not at school where would kids go and hang out in stanford like you you knowing that in basildon you had your bowling you had your cinema you had your your laser tag all these different things so Mark probably had a real life. Thankfully, you had a made-up rehearsal studio. Where you go. <laughs> a made-up rehearsal studio where me and my band would go and play. Anti-penultimate. I remember the, yeah, I, I, I bet I've got it somewhere. I drew the album cover and I was like, yeah, yeah, we're kind of a bit death metal kind of. Are oh, you, mate? Yeah. We're going to talk about the, the alternative music scene and the impact that that, that had on, on school days in, in just a moment. But before that, well, firstly, what did you want to be when you was at school? I don't really know. I know young age, I wanted to be a vet, but then I found out that there was more to being a vet than just spending all day p- putting down animals. So, so I did, that was, that was so the, I did uh, the interesting to... part. <laughs> just want to kill animals. <laughs> yeah, that's an Anthony Cheswick line. But no, no, was, yeah, I, I loved animals. And I was like, oh, I want to be a vet. Did you have a careers meeting? Yeah, I must have. And I can't think what they would have told me. I think so much. From... Was it still the tick box thing when you done it? Yeah. Like, and yeah, then, oh, this is what you're going to be. Yep, yep. I can't think what I got told, but it would have been something like office based. Yeah. For that school and for all of our areas, the disadvantage of having kids who've gone from your area the years above. I remember that 
by the time I was at the careers kind of age, the kids who we'd got the train with in those early days, most of them were working in the city. Yeah. So that was the target and the goal. And it's so weird to think I genuinely, I never knew what they were doing. I just thought, oh, you're meant to go and work in the city and you put on a suit. That's it, isn't it? You, you get on the sea to sea line, you go in at like six, seven in the morning, you come back yeah. at six, seven at night and you've earned loads of money and to you're put- working really hard. And everyone's re- really proud of you. Yeah. Like there'd be the parents that'd be talking about, oh, Andrew's doing so well. Yeah. He's he's working in the city or John and all this. And like, I still don't think I know like any of my mates that work in the city. Well, it's the friends Chandler thing, isn't it? Mm. You know, what, what, what do you do? All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I, I still don't know what uh, all of my mates that work in the city do. It's we, something with numbers. We had that joke with Chris for years because yeah. Chris worked in the city and we were all like, he had a good job. He's earning well. He's one of my best mates. No idea what he does. <laughs> Just goes in the city. He's, he's got this other life. But yeah, that was really it. I remember finding... A few years back, I posted it on Instagram, I think, because I've always talked about how it's weird that this is the goal. And I remember I was helping my mum clear out her loft and I found a board game called Commuter. Mm-hmm. And it's l- literally a board game about c- commuting into the city. So it's like from that, that really is how indoctrined it was yeah. into us that you've got to go and work in the city. So to give people some context of, of distance and stuff, the distance from you to your college is half hour one way. The distance from you to London to yeah. the financial district is half hour the other way yeah. on the same line, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like, from the same station on the other platform. Yeah. So when we're there as school kids, we're looking at the kids who would have been years above on the on on the other side of the platform going the other way, you know? Suited and booted. Yeah. What about sport? Because I, I guess sport's something that you generally find the kids that are good at sport get a, a much easier path through the system. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, completely. I wasn't particularly good at sport. I, I think at primary school, in my memory, I was all right at football. Yeah. And it was literally primary school I stopped p- playing football because it got so s- serious. Yeah. It's that point, those early years of primary school, it's like, oh, we're having a, a kick around. Yeah. As soon as you get a year or two out of, of, of secondary school, it's really serious. Everyone's yeah. getting angry if something goes wrong. Yeah. And I was like, nah. Ain't interested, and I think like again, we've talked a lot on drunk casts and stuff. I'm not a competitive person, mm. and I honestly don't think I ever have been. I'm perfectly happy to lose an argument, to lose at that's games or whatever else. That's a, that's one of the biggest lies you've ever said. Not at all. I'm happy to lose an argument. More than happy, I really do. <laughs> yeah, because you won't let it go. Everyone else just goes to bed, and it's like I uh, wake up in the morning. He's still been going for three hours. <laughs> No, no, honestly, no. I mean, I'm happy to be proved wrong or or whatever else. Like, I genuinely, I think that's. I think partly because of not having the best education. Yeah. I think debate and, and discussion is how you grow. So, so yeah, I love having a chat and an argument, but yeah. it's, I'm genuinely normally not sitting there going, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Yeah. It's like, all right, well, there you go. That was interesting. Yeah. I remember one time when me and Chris fell out a bit. It was because I was honestly at home just watching the UFC, eating pizza and just throwing intentionally annoying comments or arguing with Chris into our group message. But he was on a train that was going in the wrong wrong direction and he was yeah. late and all this. So he was genuinely stressed. Yeah. And I was mortified when he kind of messaged me separately to go, that's really, like, you've been a prick tonight. And I was like, I, honestly, I was just doing it as not even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. But it was because of the situ- because of the different perceptions where we yeah. were at that time, it felt like, yeah, I was really attacking him. But that's testament to your friendship that, 
you know, you've you've surrounded yourself with friends where, of course, like any groups on WhatsApp or whatever, we rip each other constantly. Mm. But we're always in that place where if it ever feels like that, you can just go, oh, mate, don't. That's, that, That's, like, that, is, that is the time I kind of ease back massively because yeah. similarly as well, we talked on a podcast about Chris having digs at, at previously mentioned Mark Irvine mm. and one of them really get into him. And it's genuinely made me ease back on all of our WhatsApp groups and all that kind of thing on digging and on the drunk cast. Yeah. So I think the drunk cast have got friendlier yeah. <laughs> in recent years. And part of that is you go, oh, yeah, hang on. I'm equipped. Yeah to get really to the heart of your insecurities. Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm drunk or if I'm yeah. just pissing about, that could go really wrong because yeah. that could really hurt hurt, hurt yeah. someone and get to, to someone. So, so I'll stand back and I'll bring in James Acock <laughs> and ruin Chris for an hour and a half. <laughs> Still, I, know, I mean, I only realised that recently that Chris doesn't necessarily see it as a shining point for him. But still, I'm so happy that the best drunk cast moment ever is Chris and his mum. Because all of these professional comedians that we've had on don't come close to that moment that was purely created by Chris and his mum. And (laughs) But yeah. We're speaking about friends. And and obviously you said you went to secondary school with Mark Irvine. Tell me about some of your other friends that that you had at secondary school. So... It's a weird one, isn't it? I want to say this in a way that isn't insulting to anyone, but schools, you've got a limited choice of who your friends are. Sure. As as weird as, as you get into older life, you, 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 you pick your friends a lot more. So I really liked all the kids I got the train to school with, but I didn't really have a choice. Yeah. Like So, so those lads were my mates, but by the time we got to college, Irvine was the only one from a secondary school I was still... Yeah. R- remain close with outside of that all the kids from my primary school genuinely nice lads but we'd grown in different directions music wise sport wise all these different things taste so as i said mark irvine would be the top of that list martin birmingham as well who is a kid from bentfleet that's an incredible name martin birmingham it's good isn't it i I love Full naming as well. I know you sh- shouldn't on podcast, but yeah. I just find it f- 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 funny when it's completely out of context. Yeah. But Daniel Luzzi was a big one because he was... Chris will always talk about how I've introduced him to loads of different bands. A lot of my music tastes came from my brother. But other than that, I'd say the other person in that era who, era who influenced my music taste was with Daniel Luzzi. He was into loads of the punk I didn't know about. Like, I was into your your Green Days, your Rancids, Offsprings, all this, he was into no effects and right. Pennywise and, the, and, 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 and Bad Religion and, yeah. and things like that. So he definitely influenced me digging even deeper on that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How old do you think you was then when, let's, let's talk music a bit then, mm-hmm. when music, and I would imagine the accompanying fashion mm-hmm. uh, become important. Yeah, it'd be a year or two into into secondary school. How old are you at secondary school? I'm terrible at knowing Second this. Second year at secondary school, maybe you're, what, 13? Yeah. So, see, I'd say 12, 13. I'd say before that, I'd started to get there. I was into, like, Iron Maiden. Um, I really liked that song that Slash and Michael Jackson did. Give in to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I'd get all over print metal T-shirts from Basil's and Market. Yep. But that was, that was genuinely, I'm listening to all of that and wearing all of that on caravan holidays with my mum and dad. Yeah. So I'm not in any scene. I'm not really, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm learning it off my brother. I'm not really part of anything. But it was around, yeah, probably second year at secondary school. So around 12 or 13 that I started to, again, you started to be able to display. You, I'd, mm. I'd have, I'd draw stuff on my bag and I'd have my folder and you'd kind of say, I'm into punk i'm into metal yeah i'm into these things and i'm going to start going to gigs and that was yeah big you mentioned <clears> that you, you your friends that you were you know thick as thieves with were the ones that you'd get the the training to, to school mm. with were they part of that tribe or was that something that you was just literally finding as you said like from your brother or was, was yeah, there more see, of a movement at school for it as you well you see that's where it started to sp- split a little bit and find the friends who weren't just the ones I happened mm. to be getting a train with every day. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's where your Irvines and Birminghams and, and yeah. Lucy and all that come into it. But there were other older kids who were my brother's mates and things like that who were on the train, who were yeah. all into a lot of the music that influenced me. I'd say the kids in the year directly above me, none of them were into any of the music I was into. And g- yeah, generally the kids I was getting the train with weren't particularly, I don't think. You know, There'll be variations. That was also, so I was born in 81. So that on those train journeys is when Oasis happened and when Blur happened and things things like that. And they were kind of a middle ground there. They were guitar bands. They weren't your punk, but they also weren't pop or dance music or drum and bass. So I was kind of, yeah. I'll ask you about the, the, you know, the the, the bands that that really hit home in in, in a moment. And I I know they are because obviously we're we're pals and we've spoken about you know the, the the formative years of getting into music previously, but you you mentioned Blur and Oasis there. What was it that didn't impact you so much about that? Was it because perhaps maybe they look more like the lads in the year above you that weren't necessarily wearing really bad band t shirts from Basil and Market and and painting their nails? Like, yeah, what, I'm I think not suggesting you I th- was painting your nails. I think no, I probably was. Well, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was. They appealed because they were in the middle ground. They also didn't connect f- f- fully because they were in the middle ground. I think in reality, because it was a Blur v- v- Oasis thing, mm. I took the Blur side. And looking back, I think what I probably connected with more musically was Oasis, but I wasn't, I'd pick my side. Yeah. And things. So I think there was an element of that, that it was like, well, he- here's the guys I'm into. Yeah. And Blur were amazing. Again, I, was, I, I did r- remain into a lot of that stuff. But yeah, it's a tough one. It, it, it doesn't... Stick with me as the key soundtracks of that what were? that era. So the clearest memory is is having a silver Sony Discman mm-hmm. and being able to get like one or two albums 
every few months, mm-hmm. really. It wasn't a, a regular thing. And the four albums that really stick with me as starting everything off are Offspring Smash, mm-hmm. Gr- Gr- Green Day Dookie, Rancid and Outcome the Wolves, and Rage Against the Machine, and all of them for different reasons. Like, it, it, like with Offspring and Rancid, I've got a, a loads of other albums outside of that. With, with Green Day, Gr- I think Dookie started is the start of me being a muso, being into music. Like I got Dookie and loved it. And then I got imports of Kaplunk and 1,039 smoothed out slappy hours and stuff, stuff like that. Great entry point, Dookie, though, yeah. isn't it? Because it's, it really is. it's essentially pop, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's so catchy and hook-ridden that it's hard not to like them songs. And, yeah. and they're selling millions and millions of copies of that record as well at that point. Yeah, and it felt so... Again, it's all the teenage angst stuff. Mm. I've, I was re-listening to 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 Smash and Dookie in particular because they're two that I've not continued on with. Mm. Like Rancid, I've kind of continued all, mm-hmm. all over the years. I think they felt like the more adult version of, sure. of the punk stuff and Rage of Rage. But I was re-listening to them recently, and particularly with Green Day, it's all teenage angst and heartbreak. And I realised I was listening to it aspirationally. I wish I had heartbreak because <laughs> I had no good because I went to an all boys school. So again, I had a, a, a made up girl that I'd been seeing f- for a bit in the studio. Yeah, again, that, um, I called her Katie that I'd lost my virginity to, oh, and I remember telling Mark this and a few others because they they again they probably all had more real life experiences, yeah, f- female friends and stuff. And I was like, yeah, there's this girl Katie, and yeah, 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 and all, just all. Complete nonsense. I'd, I was, again, I was thinking back to try and j- jog my memory and prepare things for this. The reason she, she, she was called Katie was because my br- 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 brother's girlfriend had a sister called Katie. So I was like, right, well, I'll be able to use that as my reference points yeah. so that I don't get, get caught in a lie. Like <laughs> I can actually describe and things like this. It's like there was Katie was a, a lovely girl. There was never anything. Yeah. And I wasn't implying there was. It was a completely separate Katie. But yeah, that was my... It wasn't a separate... It was a made-up Katie, not yeah, a separate one. 100%. <laughs> um, and yeah, Why I remember... Why am I only hearing about Katie for the first time today? Mate, it gets worse. I was thinking back to all of this. So I I didn't actually even kiss a girl or come close to kissing a girl until I was in, in college, Yeah, you know, all grown up and whatnot. Same. But I remember, yeah, making up Katie. And I remember also, and this is really creepy and weird now Keep talking. I had a huge crush like, and again because of listening to all that kind of music that's yeah. all so heartbroken I had a huge crush on a girl that also got the trains to school but not to our school but yeah. not from Stamford so it'd be hit and miss on when I'd see her she had a and again I literally never spoke to her Yeah, <laughs> she had a sister called Colette I think who used to f- I'm not sure if she was going out with, with one of the kids who did come from Stamford who was in the year above so yeah, I'd see her every now and then and just like kind of thinking I'm in a, f- a film, I'd look kind of as if we're both going to catch eyes and be in, yeah. in love. And this is the bit that's really tragic, right? If you thought it was tragical already, it gets yeah. worse. So again, this is probably only a week or two that I'd be like, if she passed on the train or whatever, I'd, I'd, you I'd kind Katie of try and... You didn't know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think her name was Katie as well, weirdly, which gets even weirder. It would have been perfect. The perfect cover. This whole story, I now wish it into reality. But yeah, so so in my mind, I'd had these moments where, you know, we've stared at each other or looked yeah. across or caught each other's eyes. In my mind, that had happened. In reality, 
she, she probably had some fucking creep bogging at her regularly off the train. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm at Bentfleet at one point. I'm waiting for the next train. Because, again, not all trains go to, to Stamford, so we'd get the train as far as Bentfleet sometimes and jump off. And on this one, I jumped off on my own because I had some headphones. I wanted to listen to a song. And she got off and came and s- sat next to me. Fucking hell, did I freeze. Didn't say a word, oh. stared straight forward. And again, I imagine she sat next to me for me to then say something and her to go, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm under no illusion she sat next to me because of this chemistry yeah. Yeah. and this moment. It was clearly a, I'm going to sit here and find out what the fuck this creep who keeps staring at me <laughs> is up to. And I didn't say a word, man. I didn't say a word. And the train was like, 15 minutes until our train. So just sat there with this girl that I've been imagining this whole yeah. relationship with or, or, or some kind of a, a, yeah. a connection. And I just stared straight forward with my headphones on. Listening, train comes on the train. Balls on parade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, the whole love life side of things was very much a <laughs> imagination. Wow. But an all boys school as, as well, you know, so it's not even like, I guess because I wasn't a popular kid, there wasn't loads of events or gatherings I was going to. So where would I have met other sure. than the girl who sat next to me on the train who I was in love with? <laughs> I mean, in, in retrospect now, looking back, not on, on your um, made-up girlfriends, yeah. but on, on music, mm. obviously after school you've, you've, you've gone on to have a really successful career in music. Do you think it ever seemed like something from where we're from, well, you know, some someone that's from the areas that we grew up in could, you know, have a successful career in music. It did until I bought a guitar and found out I'm fucking awful at music. <laughs> <laughs> so the the whole fake band thing, it did kind of start to become a, a reality because I yeah. bought a guitar and I, I'd learned, I, had a, I, I went to J- Joe Hymus, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Joe Fuck, a.k.a. Hippie Joe. Yep. I went to him for guitar lessons. And As I'd, did everybody in Essex. And he'd like teach me green, like I'd, he'd just say, bring some songs along you want to learn yeah, and I'll teach you them. So I'd learn Green Day. It, he'd have things he wanted to teach as well. yeah. And I just weren't great, man. I weren't an, a natural. But me and my mate Rick, who was, I think, in my br- 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 brother's year at school, but didn't go to our secondary school. He went to our primary school and then he went somewhere else. We'd meet up in, in, in my garage and we'd play Green Day songs. Yeah. Always... Like there's a tape somewhere of us playing Scooby Snacks nice. uh, by f- Fun Loving Criminals. And yeah, I wanted to do all of that, but I couldn't s- sing and play guitar at the same time. Yeah. Not, that, not doable. My brain does not compute in that way. And when I did start to join a band or two, I moved over to bass because everyone else was far better at guitar than me. So Two less strings as well. Yeah. Two <laughs> less strings is a bit simpler. So yeah, it didn't. I don't think it was ever on the cards in in my school days, at least. And again, I don't know what was. I think, again, I've joked numerous times of my career looking like it's quite planned and stuff and thought out. I just was doing anything to not have to get a proper job. I didn't want to work in an office. Like I worked in factories. I worked on delivery trucks. I worked in shops, but I didn't want to work in an office, man. And it was honestly anything to stop that happening. And then that's how my career has continued ever since essentially but I think that was it because all we were told at school was you've got to go and work in an office and that's your only option so because we weren't told anything else it was like well I don't want to do that so now let's try everything else that I can kind of thing and I guess what one of the things about 
that was always kind of thrust upon you at school is like, you know, if you want to get this job, then you need to, you know, pass this exam, pass that exam. So tell me about exams and you was the generation of GCSEs still, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the enormity of that, like, you know, was that something you felt, did you apply yourself and was it something that, you know, would you lose sleep and stress over exams at that point? It's an interesting one because I think mock exam kind of era, yeah, probably. But in between the mocks and the actual GCSEs, or maybe it was like that I do one a year before or something to kind of get you get your level or something. I can't remember, but at some point my stutter had started to get worse in places mm-hmm. and 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 prohibitive. I'd had this incident where I oh know it was after that actually. Anyway, yeah. So it was my parents were I tried a speech therapist. And they were like, I don't like the speech therapist because the speech therapist is acting as if you're broken and need fixing. Yeah. And, and we don't think you're broken. It's like, you might be able to adjust how you do this, but we're not, I don't want to have that in your sure. in your head and in your life. So we tried a hypnotist and their whole thing was essentially just making me a more relaxed person. Yeah. Was their thing was like, look, let's just get you more relaxed and then you probably w- won't stammer as much. And if you do, you won't care as much. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have affected how relaxed I was about my GCSEs because right, okay. I think I went into it like, eh, yeah, it is what it is. I always remember on, on one of them, I kind of, I finished early and I put my hand up to say, I'm like, I'm finished. Like, can I go? And the teacher was like, would you want to double check or go over things? Like seeing I'd left a few. I was like, no, I've answered the ones I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. And I've, I've, I've done what I can. I don't know them. All yeah. I do is sit, sit here for an hour and make something up. So yeah. no, I'm good. I'm just kind of, I bounced and I think that's why I got C's and B's okay. and kind of all that kind of area of stuff so yeah I think I was, I was maybe too relaxed at that point but again I think that was a big change in my personality and in, yeah. in, in my life I think I've remained quite a relaxed and laid back person you trace that helped. for good exam results right? <laughs> nah <laughs> not a chance not a chance yeah it is weird isn't it how important it is and I know it's a cliche every year exam results are coming yeah. around and people saying I didn't do that good and look at me now and all that kind of thing. And it's like, it don't mean anything. It if that's, if that's, it's all good to see a tweet and it might help, but it's the way we've got the system that is the problem. Exactly. It causes so much stress and so much pressure. And again, I do think it's important. I do think, like, yeah. I don't agree. Like, when people say, why did I learn loads of stuff I'm never going to use mm-hmm. when I could, I could have been being taught about mortgages or yeah, whatever yeah, else? Yeah. And my outlook is like, You've got your life to learn about mortgages. They're mm. fucking boring. But you should be learning stuff like tr- trigonometry or whatever else. On the off chance, yeah. it spurs you to become a scientist or sure. all these other things. Yeah, you didn't end up using it, and that's cool. But, yeah, yeah I do think that school sh- sh- should be trying to p- push us and excite us, but not necessarily in, in such a curriculum-based, here's, yeah. the, here's the score at the end of the day. I agree completely. You know? I've got a couple more questions before yep. we wrap this up. If there was a reunion, would you go? I think so. I might do Now I'm Super Famous and Successful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, guys. Turn up fashionably late. Here I am. Big deal. No, I don't, I don't know. I, Wearing a, an all-over print of a, a Pantera T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, I had some good Pantera T-shirts. And like the, the metal chains and stuff you'd yeah. get there, like the Iron Maiden that it'd be, or a badge. It's a brooch, oh, for God's yeah. sake. You're buying a brooch, a brooch yeah. of Eddie. Yeah. Um, 
No, I don't think I would, you know, because again, it's a weird one. As said, I think we look back and it's, we warp our memories. I, I chatted to a guy recently on, on Instagram and he said that me and my, me and my brother used to, used to bully him. And I think he was joking, but it proper hit me. I was like, what? And I thought back and I think because I was in that middle ground, I think there is people that you maybe perceive as below you or want to make sure they're, they're, they're below you. And I think that's ugly. Like Again, I was thinking about it on, on the lead up to this. I remember, and I tell the story as in a kind of jokey way, but I remember a kid taking the piss out of my stutter and I threw him down a flight of stairs. And the reality of that was, was he did this, standing at the top of a flight of stairs in front of the whole class, and I saw him as probably more of a geek than me. And I was like, right, I can't have that. Mm. I can't, I can't go down any further. Sure. <laughs> I've, I'm not at the top already, but I yeah. can't go down any further. So I just pushed him. He was fine. The prefects that came and got me and told me off, uh, let me off because because my brother used to deal in weed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so again, the advantages, the, the pros and cons of our mixed our mixed childhoods. But I remember an, another kid, who, and I won't name him, but I remember thinking I was probably like thinking about it now as an adult. I was probably quite harsh to him it was a kid that we used to get the train with and again if he mouthed off to me i remember <laughs> this sounds so much worse than it is but you've got tr- trains as a kid right in mm-hmm. in the days that the doors hang open and we'd hang off we'd jump off we'd r- mm-hmm. run off we'd f- fall over i remember i pushed him off the train once which out of context sounds coming like coming into a station yeah right c- coming into a station it sounds like a murder attempt but yep. the way it is is we all have the doors open and we're ready to jump off and run and it was mm. a huge was everyday part of our thing and sometimes you'll jump off too early and you'll tumble but yeah i remember him it had been mouthy to me and i just yeah i pushed him off and he fell over and landed in a puddle which again it was all hilarious to everyone yeah but but looking back now that that's bullying yeah you know regardless of what i think i remember again it mouthing off to me another time and taking the piss and i remember spitting at him and that's horrible. Mm. But again, in that era of punk and yeah. spitting was all the punk gigs were all, yeah, 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 yeah we're yeah. all anarchists. And again, I think that's the weird thing of because I positioned myself as alternative, mm-hmm. it meant you didn't really slot, slot into the hierarchy. Like the punk kids weren't yeah. in that. They were outside of it. Mm-hmm. They weren't the cool kids, but also you're not necessarily mm. going to fuck with them or some of them could be a bit mm. edgy or off the rails. So yeah, it was a weird one. And again, I remember another one, this kid, and I remember proper shitting myself because there was this kid who was in the year below me, but he was one of the tough kids. And he was doing the thing where you hold the stair rails and block the stairs. Did kids ever do that at school? So yeah, you grab either side and then everyone's piling up and coming out. And he was in front of me and I was like, he's in the year below. I just pushed him. I'm bigger and I said, fuck off. I smacked his arm out of the way. And then he was screaming and like shouting like, Come back here. Let's right, let's have it. I wanted to fight me, and I walked off playing it cool. But I walked off because I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to get beaten up by a kid in the year below. But equally, I was like, I'm I'm in the year above you. Yeah. I was quite a big kid. I was like, I ain't yeah. having this. I'm going. So yeah, it was a, a weird kind of middle ground of all of that. That yeah. But again, that that's I've gone completely off on a tangent. Of, no, would no, you go to I reunion? Mean, I mean, you know, you, you've picked on some kind of more sort of darker memories of school. So I want to finish with if you used to cast your mind back what would have been 
Your strongest and probably happiest memory of your time at school? I mean, all of it will be messing about. I said, listening to, and again, I mentioned Offspring earlier, and I re-listened to Smash recently, and out of the context of them being the pretty flyer for a white guy, Goons, joke band, that was an amazing album because it was genuinely hard and angry and passionate. So, yeah, it'll be listening to, to those albums with Mark, with Martin, with Dan, like either out the back of the fields or on the train. Joseph Helm as well, who was in, in the year below me, he was one that I got into all this music and felt like my little kind of buddy in that respect. That yeah. I was like, oh, I've, like, like my brother had done to me, it felt like yeah. I was giving him all this music. So, yeah, it will just be, it'll be all with those soundtracks. Gigs as well. At 13, I started going to my first gigs. And again, me and Mark went to loads together. But I know in the same week, I saw Offspring on the Smash Tour and the Stones at Wembley on the the Voodoo Lounge lounge tour. And then from then on, I was going to see Green Day, Rancid, The Vandals, all these bands. And it was just, that's all I wanted to do. That's all I'd spend my money on. Again, that's why there was never going out and meeting G- 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 girls or whatever. It's like, yeah. if we've got any money and there's a gig on, we're, yeah. we're going to go and see a band. I remember going to see, like, Jermaine Require at the Cliffs Pavilion, yeah. and it being absolutely amazing and crowd surfing <laughs> to Jermaine Require. <laughs> no one else's crowd, because that was a big thing at the time as well, crowd surfing and stage diving. Yeah. And that was a, a really weird thing of, of, of when I did my solo tours, um, because we had a band and it got rowdy and moshy, I'd stage dive. At, l- at least what once a gig yeah and it's gonna sound weird but because i'd been doing it for years i could do it qu- quite s- s- safe i wouldn't yeah. hurt anyone even though i'm quite big yeah yeah and then you'd get other people who stage dive like it's wayne's world and yeah. you, you kind of you fall back and you're stiff as a board <laughs> yeah. but at the punk gigs you would be you're getting up there and you're trying to get launch into the crowd before security get you. So it was, you get on stage, you leg it round and then you leap. So you'll just throw yourself into yeah. the crowd and returning to that. Like when I started doing music and touring, as said, particularly on the live band tours, that was amazing. Yeah. Cause I was like, equally, I know they're all going to catch me. Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause I'm the one they're looking at the amount of times at gigs that we just face planted or the crowd moved out the way, yeah. any of these things. But yeah. So gigs, I'd say were the, the bit it wasn't even the in school bit it was going to gigs with my brother as well a lot of the time in in those early days because he was older so my parents would be all right with that but yeah the amount of bands that me and mark saw i remember we went to a um i think it was like an nme gig or something and we wanted to see cast and it was a, it was a day with loads of bands on and we and we watched cast and loved them and then we left before the headliner because because it was some shit um, Icelandic pop. Yeah. Bjork. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> we on. left. We, we went home. I would kill to see Bjork at that early you stage seen now. Cast, for Christ's sake. Yeah, we've seen Cast and Reef. <laughs> oh, cast and Reef and all that. They were all our kind of, that that era of bands that we were yeah. into. Um, oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Blue Hell, we've seen Cast. I always remember we used to mock Mark for swaying to Cast. <laughs> Walk away. That was it. Walk yeah, his arms up. Walk away. <laughs> and we'd we'd gone to loads of gigs together. We had yeah. never swayed at a gig. We'd crowd surfed at a gig. We'd stage dived at a gig. We'd moshed at a gig. We had never swayed. And I remember just l- l- looking around, and nudging Martin Birmingham, and going, 
<laughs> Mark, Mark's going, walk away, walk away. <laughs> ah, you nerd. <laughs> oh, good times. Pip, cheers, mate. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Well, there we go. That was my somewhat underwhelming school days. <laughs> 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 oh, it was interesting. As again, as this is one I was looking forward to talking with about specifically with you because yeah. all, all the bits, but basically all the bits that are before we knew each other, mm. I'm really interested in talking about with you because I know there's loads of stuff that will be a given to me. Yeah, and you wouldn't have predicted at all of yeah. what kind of kid I was or these other things because you do evolve so much over yeah. the years. Just, so yeah, it was good fun to, and I think not going to. The sort of so, I mean, so many people I know from the area went to the same school as me mm. or the same school as my brother. Yeah. And the fact that you had to travel at, yeah. and, you know, so there wasn't that many people I've met over the years who went, oh, yeah, I went to school with Pip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's was, there's was, a mystery of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> so it was quite interesting to get that, that sort of snapshot into it. And, yeah, yeah. episode one. It's episode done. one done. And we'll be back next week mm. with episode two please obviously all the things early podcasts ask you to do is like subscribe and spread the word basically yeah. so yeah we'll be back next week but yeah until then thanks for listening i guess see you soon Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.